Hey, it's Larry Whitell, and welcome. This is our next edition of Million Dollar Mastermind. Get ready to hear some exciting information. Good morning, big hitters. This is Harvey Grahalis, and guys, I'm so proud, super, uh, super jacked up to have you on the call this morning. And the tables have turned on today's call. Uh, we have million-dollar earner Mario F. Arizon, who will be interviewing Larry Wydell. Put your pen to paper. I'm going to turn it over to the host, Adam Wydell. All right, Harvey, thank you. Before we get started, let's say hello to our speakers, Larry and Mario Arizon. Good morning, morning guys. Good morning. Mario, I'm going to turn it over to you to interview Larry on the Warpath call. So um, it's all you. Perfect. Let's do this. Good morning, big hitters. What an honor to uh, switch it around and start interviewing uh, Larry Wydell that totally has revolutionized the company with this amazing call. Guys, let me tell you the power of this call. When I first got started uh, getting in this call, um, my, my base was running 50 by 50, um, and that was my all-time high. And three months later into this call, him challenging me, and coaching me um, and hearing the, the best of the best of the entire company, our base shop started running 100 by 100, and this was in the, um, the end of 2011, and we've been averaging that since then. It's unbelievable. Um, so thank you so much, Larry. And I've been talking to you, and, and every time I talk to you, you're talking about this orientation wars path. Like, what is that all about? You know, what do you want to do with that, Larry? Explain that. Well, the main thing was I started Operation Warpath. Uh, you know, we've been doing the big hitter call for a long time, and uh, frankly, it got boring, you know, because the thing is, it's just, the company's just not growing. It's not worth a crap on growth. It's a fabulous company, unbelievable. The stock grows, or the stock price, but it's just boring as crap to me, really. And uh, I'm, I'm an explosive growth guy. Uh, pardon me, you know, forgive me. I get bored quickly, and I get bored with this, uh, you know, go slow, professorial, corporate, grow a few percent, you know, this, that, the other. I'm an explosive growth guy, and I think the company is in this fog, man, and uh, it kind of drugged me. It's drugged all of us into this fog, where we just go to, you make some money, la-di-da, but we're not having any friggin' fun. We're not dominating the universe. We're not exploding and going. We don't have enough, you know, people that have double, triple, quadrupled, mind-blowing things happen, you know, and in the beginning days, we like a fireworks of explosion. I mean, we have people going to 1,000 recruits, 5,000 recruits uh, in a 18-month period of time, 36-month period of time, seem like on a regular basis. And uh, Angela Williams and I used to talk about that. Like, that's what drove the company. None of this. Now, the thing is, what's so great about what Art did last week with the fundamentals and what he's doing on this uh, Art Williams Best is he's giving you the fundamentals. You can't build a skyscraper without fundamentals. You got the president founder built a 40-plus year juggernaut of a company, and you build that on people and relationships and principles and everyone's got their own policies and everyone we change things and guidelines come and go and products come and go but the principles never change so if you're not building your business and your relationships on sound principles what do you expect the foundation to be making money because we're all you always have slumps and uh, you want it to be something that lasts. And so that's why I loved about what Art, and he just busted his gut to try and share. But, you know, he's a man. You know, he's one guy. He's 25 years gone from the company. So his memory is razor sharp on some things, and some things it ain't quite so sharp. And he's also, it's sharp on just about everything, but I'll tell you that some things, you know, his recollection of how it went, and I know how it went, man. So I'm going to share a lot of that with you. But the thing I wanted to do with Operation Warpath, and while we're doing it here, Mario, on this call, I don't want to waste too much time on it, is I want to do something 
that would bring out my best. Because if you know, you got to be your own coach. You got to be your. You got to monitor yourself, Mario. And and you know, once you get successful, it's easy to settle in the pattern. And I, you know, I think you're working too hard myself. You know, I think, you know, it's great to get your people to work, but I think Mario is working too hard. And uh, you know, he needs to. Uh, you know, it's great for his people to work, but I mean, you got to. Mario, you've got to be ready for a 50-year run as young as you got started, you know. You want to help get your kids established in the business and enjoy all that stuff. But I'm, I'm just messing with you. You know that. But the, <laughs> thing is, the thing is that I do care about your mental health. You can't wear your butt out on a little bit, you know, a little minutiae type things. You know, you've got to become a progressively a bigger, bigger picture thing because you're the big leader. So I'm thinking, what can – what should Larry be talking about with the Whitedale hierarchy? Should I continue to ignore him? Well, I started the big hitter call to basically ignore him because nobody was paying attention to him because they'd heard me for 30 years. You know, it's like, what else is he going to tell us? So I thought, man, everybody's got that problem. Your people, you get better and better and better, see the business clear and clear and clear, but they get tighter and tighter and tighter of hearing it from you. So what I thought was so magical about the big hitter call is we could solve our, all of our problems that have organizations all at once, we could kick off the week by restarting and re-energizing our people, by letting them listen to somebody who probably would be the kind of person who would come in from a fat, to a fast art school and blow their minds. Well, you could have their mind blown to ki- every Monday morning, kicking off the week before you even start your manager meetings with your full-timers and all of that. Man, what an advantage. And so and the message and people to hear that the message is with the big hitters is unified. So anyway, that's why I started the big hitter call. But you know, things get you know, I've been doing it since January of two thousand eight. And I want I'm a, I want explosive growth. And so I've done t- this is the tenth Operation Warpath call. I was doing them a half hour, Mario, on Monday afternoons because that's the only time I could find that I had in my schedule. Of course, it's inconvenient, hard to get the word out, because my organization is very wide, very deep. And, you know, they got a lot of things coming in. And I was thinking about it last week when Art was talking. You know, you reach the point where you got too many meetings, and the meetings interfere. And I tried to keep it short and quick and brief, and it was. But, you know, we got enough meetings. And so I said, you know what I'm going to do? And so I did 10 of them. And I really wasn't getting their attention. Uh, I was getting some of their attention. in the big, you know, the bell cows, I was getting their attention. But I said, you know, I want to get more attention from the Wydell hierarchy. Plus, I want to stir up more competition where if the Wydell hierarchy doesn't get off and start growing, they're going to get their brains beat by other people because somebody's going to be interested in what Larry's got to talk about. So I'm going to talk about building bigger things than big hitters. You know, beyond this is the beyond the big hitter program, Mario. And I did it. So I said, I, I don't know how to get people excited about doing anything but going for number one. And I'm a great believer in going for number one. And to me, I'm calling it now the Mario Arizon principle. And that is everybody deserves a chance. The reason why we sell it big, because we don't know who's going to be big. And on the front end, everybody has a chance. Everybody deserves the chance to be treated like they could become number one of the company. They could set all the records. And that's what uh, the carry-ons did with Mario coming in. And he was like number one to district, number one division of the country, number one regional leader, number one RVP, uh, you know, at uh, MIT, you know, going in. And then when they had the reunion thing, he was number one coming back. You know, he goes to the convention, he's number one. He's number one for probably a decade with his base shop, and uh, number one, number one, number one. Well, I call that the Mario Arizon principle. Go for number one, because I don't know how to get anybody excited about going for number two. And, uh, you know, there's just some kind of stink about being number two. And so there's an excitement about being number one. So if I'm trying to – I like to make things, Mario, easy on Larry. And if everything starts to get easy for Larry, if Larry is fired up, Okay, and there are almost very few people, percentage-wise, that they got. We got a lot of people fired up, you know, like Elvis fired up. So anyway, I said, you know, what if our hierarchy? We do around 
couple of 3,000 recruits, couple 3,000 and uh, or 20, 30, I don't know how much in premium, but it's around the twos. And Buisson, number one of the companies up around 12. And, uh, you know, when Art had me shut down my base shop, I was six months into a game plan to, to do two things, build a million-dollar base shop, and I was already had put things in place. I was 160 wide, 150 wide at regional leaders, and my game plan was to have 150 wide in the base and with an average of five to 7,000 in premium, and then – you know, we could slaughter everybody. We could build a million-dollar base. And then the hierarchy goal, which Andy reminded me, we'd had all the RVPs in, and we'd signed up like an oath. We were going to – we were wanted to keep on growing so we could be bigger than the rest of the company be, uh, combined. We didn't want to just be bigger than we saw. We wanted to be bigger than the rest of the company combined. And because uh, I knew we needed to have a big vision because we had gone from like eight – you know, we'd done the 56 to 1,800 to 7,200 to uh, 15,000. And I knew, you know, back, even back then, you know, I was smart enough. I'm in my early 30s, but I was smart enough to know i got to have a big vision and we're going to go into a slump, you know. And I don't think if you win the Super Bowl, uh, you know, let's win one more and prove we're not losers. That's not really a rallying theme, you know. It's like, you know, I think you got to find some kind of thing that, blows your people's mind as a goal and causes you to be at your best. And if you get your butt beat, you're not at your best. Because you know, a well-run company should never, never slump. And the leader ought to say, anytime we get beat for any reason, my fault. I got to get better. And so that's what I was saying. I want to have one thing you got to do is have a monster vision. So that's why I had the Million Dollar Bay Shop goal for the base, you know, for the base shop. And that's why I had, let's beat the rest of the company combined. I think we had to have some kind of monstrous goal, Mario, to go beyond 15,000 recruits a year. And then Art shut my base shop down and basically put a bullet in my head, you know. But uh, I was the only one in the history of the company, to my knowledge, I don't know of anybody else, a big base shop that, like, one day go to Willie Naranjo and say, okay, Willie, shut down your base. You're growing too fast. Go to Mario Arizona and say, okay, you too, Mario. Sorry, shut your base shop down. You're growing too fast. We can't handle the people you're promoting. Well, that's what they did to me. And so I've forgiven him for it, but it's been uh, – it doesn't mean I'm not still bitter, you know. And uh, <laughs> because, you know, the next year he installed base shop bonuses in all your California cutie pies like Hector and Rick and Mike, Mike Sharp. They were just coming into their own. Their base shops were just taking off for the first time. So they look like heroes. They're like, what the crap, Art? You just neutered me, took me to the, the vet and neutered me, and now you're giving base shop bonuses for producing kids? Thank you very much. But anyway, that's the fun I've operated under since 1985. But uh, anyway... You know, and then it's like you find you want to find things to motivate your team. So I'm sitting along, you know, at this stage of the mature hierarchy. I said, what could get their attention? And we ain't got their attention yet, Mario. But when you start something big, I thought if I go live with this and go big, it'll make me better on the big hitter call. And I'm going to get – I want to start talking about bigger things. And this has already had an impact on me. Hadn't got my attention on my organization yet the way I want but it takes a while, Mario. You've got to go six months or longer when you start talking about bigger things. It takes a long time so they'll know you're serious. So you'll get better at saying your message. And you've got to pound the drum for about six months anytime you want to launch any new bigger campaign when you already have an organization. So you can't give up. And Andy Young will tell you, there's many times we've started game plans where we only had a couple of people participating on a monthly thing, and then it looked like, you know, it took forever to get up to 200 people plugging in every month. And then we, you know, a year later, you're like 2,500 coming, you know, just just in 12 months. So you can't, you can't get yourself off track. But I said, I'm going to accelerate this thing. I'm going to get on the big hitter call. I want to talk to Mario about it. I want to give him some of these ideas, and maybe he'll get on a tear, and maybe – He'll inspire people. I can't inspire. But anyway, 
I'm going to try and speak this into existence in some hierarchy, if not my hierarchy. So the idea is, here's what it made sense to me. You know, if we're around the, the three mark and Buisson's around the 12 mark, because you've got to beat him in recruiting first. Well, if we double twice, Mario, if we go from three to six, and then we double again, we go from six to 12, we get really sell out to duplication, four-point game plan, compounding, race to district with new people going in, challenge him to get three recruits right off the bat. We get into a compounding thing. You know what I can do? I, can't, I can build more than big hitters. I can build one percenters. And you know what one percenters can do? One percenters can build armies. Because if we're going to be doubling twice, see, we double twice over the next three to five years, we'll be staring Buisson in the face. And we get that close, don't let us get that close, Bobby. Don't let us get that close. And so when I got that in my mind, and I could talk to my people about that, Mario, I'm a different kind of leader. And so, you know, I could talk about going beyond big hitters to building big armies, squeeze out the mediocrity, show the fine line between mediocrity and greatness. And right now, it's caused me over the last 10 weeks of doing these calls, it's like I've become more focused on developing one percenters who will build armies. It become very clear to me, we've got to have people who can build. It's going to take lots of armies to beat Buisson because he's got – the Hector Army and the Tuttle Army, you know, they all roll up to each other. Uh, but, you know, the Hartman Army, but there's leaders in there that have done stuff. And he's got you in there. And, uh, you know, so it all rolls up to Buisson. So let's just see if we can beat his butt. Because that's what I wanted to do when Art shut my base shop down. It's kind of like the revenge of Larry. So that's when I'm most fired up when I'm going for something big. And then you go from timid to bold. And because normal things are, get more boring the longer you do it. You know, I want more fun, more excitement. And my whole question to everybody is, how about you? Are you really fired up? Or have you gotten a little lukewarm? Have you gotten a little stale? You know, and the 1% to 2%, you know, 1% to 2% of the market is lukewarm. You know what God says about the lukewarm in Revelations? I'll spit you out of my mouth. So anyway... That doesn't mean your salvation, but he's certainly not going to be enthused about your contribution uh, when you're lukewarm. So I'm going to hit the accelerator. I know that if you're going to climb a hill, even if you're in a car, you've got to keep your foot on the accelerator. And I'm going to see who can keep up. You can talk a good game when you're coasting, but you can't when you're racing. And so I want to get something that, and I challenge all of y'all, get something that going that will blow your own mind and then you get the chance to taste the unmitigated exhilaration of doing really unbelievably great things and i'll tell you this it's so rewarding it's unbelievable in the same 24 hours of the day so why not go for it and give your chance to do it it adds a dimension to your life you can't imagine so i would say you know my whole challenge is turn your butt loose because you know you fit here, here, I'll summarize it. You beat 50% of people by working hard. You beat 40% by having, being, mental, be, being organized, having your management philosophy, the fundamentals you, brief, you, you, you believe in and you teach and you emphasize with your people. That's why I would say follow those Art Williams best because he's pulling out the key fundamentals. Each one of them are important. And, you know, the, more, the bigger you get, the more these fundamentals come into play. You know, if you've got a little Cub Scout troop you're measuring right now, you know, maybe you only need two or three fundamentals. But, you, you know, you get a mega army. You can build armies. Different situations come up, different mixes of people, and you need to really have your fundamentals down. And here you've got the, the guru, the godfather, the founder, still alive walking the earth. I said to him in January, I said, Art, you're supposed to be dead. You're in your 70s, and your, 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 your dad and your granddad died a heart attack. You've had a darn pacemaker since your late 40s because of that. And uh, I said, why do you think God's got you on the earth? Because you can fire people up like nobody. You've got a gift nobody else has. 
and he can start talking stuff. Who knows what he says, but when he's through, they might, might not remember what he said, but they're so fired up, ready to go conquer the world, you, they can't see straight. It's like breathing. How often do you breathe? As long as you want to be alive. If you, you know, when should you listen to art? As long as you want to grow, and as long as you don't want to have slumps. And so that's what I say about art. And, you know, the quibble over, he said this, and he said, who gives a crap? Most of the people are not listening anyway. It's the effect he has on him. But I'm going to address some of those other things anyway. So anyway, Mario, I went too long. But I did it for me. I did it to get the attention of my people. I did it to, uh, to be a better version of myself and just see what I could explore. I did it to raise the sights from, building, from being a big hitter to being a million-dollar earner. And I'm going to start a podcast. It's going to be the million-dollar locker room or million-dollar training locker room, million-dollar locker room with Larry Wydell. I'm going to put my phone calls primarily, and I'm going to put sections from this. You know, any, anywhere I talk, anywhere, uh, I'm going to put the things relating to building. You know, because if I call and I talk to Omar, if I talk to Andy, I talk, so I'm, going to try, I'm going to start recording this stuff and make it, where you guys can listen in. So I, we need more million-dollar earners. So, Mario, that was it. And uh, But, the t- oh, here's the thing. So you beat 40% more. You, get a, you beat 90% of the people by working hard and having a management philosophy. You know, be systematized. Know what you're about. Know what you're going to do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Know what you're going to do in the morning. Know what you're going to do in the afternoon. Know what you're going to do in the evening. Know what you're going to do on the weekends. Know what you're going to do in January. Know what you're going to do in February, March, April. Have the year lined out, your, your schedule of your, your big events. When the week starts, have your schedule lined up. All the big people do. Why can't you? Start now, you know. And uh, inspire and sell people on, don't just tell them to come, sell them on coming. You make it so darn good they can't wait to get in on that, you know. And you know how you t- you're doing enough on your meetings? If you're excited about it. If you're excited about it, you're going to be able to get them excited about it. So if people are not excited about your meetings and your people are not fired up, it's your darn fault because you're not excited about your meetings and you've got to change things or they're never going to change. And so that's what this is all about because when you get, you work hard and you do the management philosophy and you, want, you start looking around at those and you beat knives in the people, you say, I wonder if I could beat everybody else. And what Art said is to beat the last 10% is a dogfight. But you know where the fun is, Mario? The dogfight. Because you're past the basics. You prove to yourself you're not this in, in, really insecure person showing up at meetings. You know, you got some confidence. you got some people. you got some momentum. You know what you're doing. Now you're looking for a fight. How can we have some fun, real fun? How can we kick it into higher speed? And because the faster you grow the quicker your people have success. You're going to be okay. It's not going to change your income that much. Who cares if it does? It's just more money you're going to save. But your people will have success quicker. And you know why that makes them? Happier. Less problems. They squeeze. Your people that are growing squeeze out the problems in your organization. When you stop growing, you don't have people at the top happy because they're blowing and going, squeezing out the gripers. And so when you stop growing, the gripers say, oh, nothing's happening, uh, let me grow. I mean, let me have the podium. I'm, I'm, uh, let me tell you what I'm unhappy about. Let me what I didn't like. And let me this and the other. Like, you know, somehow they keep their mouth shut, Mario, when uh, things are blowing wow. going. So anyway, anyway, that's why I'm doing the – that's a little bit why I am started Operation Warpath. I want to go get Wieson. I'm going to see if we double twice. I want to see if I can get my hierarchy fired up. I want to see if we can start producing more one percenters, million-dollar earners, and I want to see if we can get some guys to build armies and uh, accelerate the growth. And uh, I want to see if I can have how much fun I can actually have from this. Oh, by the way, Mario, here's the kind of thing that opens up other areas of your life. I'm opening my own gallery in Worth Avenue on Palm Beach. Worth Avenue is like the Rodeo Drive of the East Coast. You know, that's why I live down here. I mean, you've got all the best of the best. But Wow. I've got my own, I'm opening my own gallery in Worth Avenue, 1,600 square foot. you got high ceilings. you got chandeliers, every painting in there, every, all my photography. i got some photography in there. All of that's mine. 
you know, it's a dream come true. It's just the kind of thing. I'm doing it as a Crazy. dream seller. By the way, it's 329 Worth Avenue in Palm Beach, and everybody's welcome. The grand, And we got people in South Florida. Shut, you, shut, feel free to shut your full-timer meetings down and come in at 12. It only happened once in history where we had the big unveiling. Everything's on the wall, but we're going to start tearing the wrapping off so everybody can see this stuff at 12 noon here in Palm Beach today. So South Florida, from Miami to Orlando, you guys, you're all welcome to come. 329 Worth Avenue. But, uh, you know, it's just you can do unbelievable things. It's exhilarating. You know, it's fun to see people go in and be a part. When you do things, you say, I'm going to try something crazy. This is something crazy. But people see you doing something crazy, and that sparks them to think, wow, if I just bust my rear, get off my butt, and do something great, Wow, what could open up something I could do? You know, Bob Wieson has had recording studios for his daughter, you know, so she could be a country uh, music star. He brought racetracks, you know, for his, his boys. You know, they had their own racing team, racing cars. You know, for another one, he bought a camp, with a, a camp in Louisiana where they could do it for disadvantaged kids, you know, and, uh, you know, that was his passion. You can, you can do amazing things, Mario. It's exhilarating. We've got to turn this thing into an exhilarating thing. So anyway, that's why I did that. Wow, Larry. <laughs> that was powerful and inspirational. And, uh, man, uh, Larry, you know what? You're talking to me. You're talking to me on this call. Man, I, I needed to hear those words. Man, so powerful. And, Larry, one thing that I, I hear uh, all the time from you is, like, success is not an accident. What does that mean? And how important is clarity? Well, you know, that's one reason I want to do this call, because it's so easy to get, when you're confused, you stop. You start thinking. And success doesn't come by itself. I mean, you've got to have a game plan for success. That's the whole thing about having a management philosophy. It's one thing to work hard, but if you don't have some kind of game plan and some kind of system, you're just going to be floundering around a good bit of the time. Usually that's all it takes to beat half of the people. But if you want success, you've got to be organized for success. You, got, you know, it's just like if you stand throwing darts, you've got to at least look at the target, lock in in the bullseye, and get your hand and, like, I'm going to throw it at that. You know, it's like you're not just going to, like, pick up a dart and just start, you know, close your eyes and start slinging them around the room and magically hit a bullseye. Uh, you know, you might, you got to at least get some kind of game plan. You got to find where's the target. You got to focus on it. Then you got to start throwing darts at it. Might have to throw a hundred or a thousand before you actually hit the bullseye. But at least now you've increased your odds of success. So success is not an accident. If you want success, you want to maintain success. There's certain things you have to do. And uh, in our business, you got to get your dirt op meeting right. You know, most of you guys, op meetings suck. You know why it sucks? Because look at your growth. Everything's wrong with your business comes out of your op meeting. Because the new people come in, don't get sold in the right things. And the people that are doing the op meetings are not being reminded of the right things. We used to talk about the bigness of the market in the company. You know, that was in the op meeting. Uh, because we wanted, we wanted the new people coming in to see this is big. The opportunity is big, and also we wanted the people doing the meeting to be reminding themselves as they talk that this is, I'm a part of something big. This is my identity. I'm not just rattling off stuff. I'm part of something big. And we wanted to sell them on success stories. I mean, there's success stories everywhere. And we wanted to remind them of that stuff. We want to bring them in to say, things work here. We wanted to get them uh, locked in to where they want to be successful too. Like you said, it's inspiring. It's inspiring for me to talk about this crap. This is what I want to be talking about. This is what kept me going. Like people say, Larry, why do you keep on working on? Because I'm in, I like doing crazy stuff. I just can't tolerate mediocrity that much. Guys, that, this is Breakfast with Champions. Um, I'm listening with the intent of becoming just like the speakers, man. And I, I just imagine if everybody went for number one. Uh, Mario, you're doing a phenomenal job. Thanks so much for everything. And uh, now back to you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Larry, you want to keep going or you want me to ask another yeah. question? Yeah, let me just.
let me just say one thing. You know, success not an accident, clarity. And I'm going to get to clarity uh, somewhere. We're going to have time. I'm going to try and clear up some other things. But you've got to be definite. You've got to know what you're all about. You've got to be clear what you believe in and how you're going to do it because you're working with trainees, and trainees are like young kids growing up. You know, it's like they question everything. Why do we have to do that? Especially if it's something they don't want to do. If it's not fun and going to Disneyland – and if it's not eating candy at dinner, they're wondering why. Why do we have to eat the vegetables? You know, why do we have to get up and go to school? Why do we have to do homework? Well, because you don't want to grow up working minimum wage the rest of your life or be on the side of the road begging for money. You know, get your butt out of bed. Let's go. They're rock stars that raise their kids with no discipline, and they eat candy all their life. And by the time they're eight years old, all of their teeth are falling out of their mouth. They look like black holes, you know, these kids, because they had no discipline. Because the parents were just la-di-da, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to force them to do anything. Well, you got to force the little heathen to behave. you got to train them up. Your high school football coach and everybody comes out for preseason in August to get ready for the football season. You, got, you guys do what you want. You know, if you want to run some laps, just get in shape. You know, they're going to say, I'm in pretty good shape. I don't, I don't need to run. I don't need to develop any. I got pretty good endurance. Thanks, coach. You know, I'm good. I'm good. Then they go out there and they get slaughtered, 182 to nothing in football because the coach let them do what they want. So the deal is you have to organize your – you have to be clear about what you believe in because they'll try and talk you out of it. So that's the thing about clarity. But, like, in the op meeting, you know, we, we had uh, – clarity about what we were all about. A lot of y'all not clear. The reason your people go around in circles, your op meeting goes around in circles. What are y'all about? I mean, we were very clear. We're a talent agency for financial services. We're running a big talent surge. Now, we got room. We got two jobs. We had sales, but we have the big one. The big opportunity for the people that are most talented is the sales management thing because we want to build people to make six-figure and up incomes and run their own organizations as fast as possible. We're in the race for outlets. That's the, where we're in right now because it's such a big market. And so we're in a talent search for quality people, and we don't know who's going to be good and who's not. But if you want to be the best football program in the country, I'll promise you Alabama's got a better recruiting program than uh, anybody else. You know, like Kirby with Georgia. Kirby Smart was on the interview after they slaughtered Kentucky, who was supposed to be so great, on Saturday, and they asked him, how did you guys do so good? He said, why is the program so good? He said, well, you know, you know, we just got good, you know, we got good players. They played hard. We had a good game plan. But he said, mainly recruiting. We got the right people on the field. And he said, the other thing, they're tough. They're tough. And guess how they got tough? The way he trained them. And so – you know, you got to have a good game plan. You got to have the right. You got to go through enough of the right recruiting numbers to have the right people lead. Like, who's the best in your team? The best out of one. You know, I mean, you recruit one pe- person, the best person's going to be one out of one. You recruit a hundred people at Bay Shop, the best one that month is going to be the best out of a hundred. So, how good do you want your people to be? And so, and then when they come in, how? What do you want to plant in their mind is the first thing. So we plant success stories, bigness, and then we plant sales versus sales management. Sales is wonderful. We need millions, but limited. If you want more, you know, 24 hours of the day, and pretty soon you're going to get as good as you're going to get. You're going to make it all you're going to make. And then if you get sick, you go on vacation. Sorry, you're not going to be making, you're not going to be out there working. Income stops, but in sales management, wow, unlimited income, unlimited security, Unlimited fun, unlimited challenges, uh, because you can recruit and train. You're not limited by your ability. In sales, you're limited by your ability. So you better get out there and self-improve your darn self, because you're all you got. And when your feet hit the floor, when you get out of bed in the morning, your whole organization is right there. Well, I like the idea. I've got an organization going coast to coast, even if my feet never hit the ground in the morning, Mario. And so that's sales management. And so... You know, you walk them through sales management. When they're excited about sales management, then you can tell them about how they're going to get started in the business. And that's why my game plan was a four-point game plan. You know, 
everybody comes to the op meeting, so they're apart. They're, everybody's on the same page. Everybody's unified. They come through that same portal. There's not a thousand ways to join the company. You come through the opportunity slash orientation meeting. Then you race to get your own game plan. You know, if you're in the market, you're going to need it. If you're unhealthy, you know, you don't have good health, you can't qualify. But if you're out of the market, you're not going to need it. But that's why you want, you know, 9 out of 10 or 19 out of 20 to be in the market so you can get paid to recruit these suckers. And you get your own game plan. Now you got something to talk to people about. Like, you know it's true now because you got one. But without that, you're just going to be a weakling. You're going to be going out there and words are coming out of your mouth, but nobody can hear you because they can tell you don't believe in it. So that's your third thing. And then the fourth thing is once you got that out of the way is you hit the ground running, racing for districts so you can prove yourself that you are good enough. And then the other thing is, you know, if you want, you get them out of that, but you reinforce bigness. I did at every full-timer meeting, and I say every, in my mind it was every, maybe it wasn't every, but I felt like I did it every time. I started off as like, let me ask you guys, what kind of team you want to be? You want to be big or small? They say big. I'd make them say it three times, big or small. And then by the third time, I'd be like, big. And then I'd go, okay, we want to get big. That's how I'm going to coach you. Now let me ask you a question. You want to, you want to get big fast or slow? Fast. Fast or slow? Fast. Fast or slow? Fast. I said, okay, now we got our game plan. We want to get big. We want to get fast. That's how I'm going to coach you. If you want it easy, I, can't make it, I, can't, I don't know how to coach you easy to become an Olympic champion when everybody else is out there fighting for it, you know, and when you've got lots of changes, lots of work to do. Because we want to compress time frames. We want to get you the big incomes as fast as possible. When you get to the big income, we want it to keep coming in. We don't want this little fakey promotion and fakey thing. You know, you want to get a check one dime to go. You know, when I got my first, my first month, you know what I got paid, Mario? $22,000 in July of 1980. That's the equivalent of $70,000 in today's economy. You know what I said to myself? I didn't say, Yahoo! Spread the money all over. You know what I said? I never want to make less than this the rest of my life. And pretty much the way it turned out, only, only went under 20000 barely three months ever going forward. So anyway, I had a policy, you know, so those were things, Mario, as far as success and clarity that, you know, that's one reason for the, the, the Warpath thing. You know, I want to be clear about going balls to the wall for something big. If we find out how good we are, you know, they say, we, they say we saw will never be beat. And it's certainly not by some puny little group like the White L team. Well, let's see. Let's find out. I'd like to find out. So anyway, Mario, that's about success and clarity. That was awesome, Larry. Thank you so much for sharing. I know a lot of people are getting a lot of I, I, my, I have group needs. I have a, uh, WhatsApp, and they're going crazy and put a little fire mark that you're just dropping some really good nuggets and inspiring people. And one thing, that, you know, talking about clarity, Larry, what were your guidelines? What challenges did you, you have for, for RVP? Well, you know, for, for, your, for your RVP promotions and stuff. Well, first of all, let me just say, when it comes to, you got to have a replacement, you know, even Art said that. Thank God for that. Uh, you're not going to have an RVP factory if your top guy goes out the door and then you don't get a replacement. But I'll tell you that there's a couple of everies on replacement too, Mario. So you got to get your brain right about replacement because that's, that's kind of at the root behind guidelines for promotion, all right? There's a couple of everies when it comes to replacement. Every regional leader at one time or another felt like they were being held back or they were being punished with too heavy a promotion. I'm not saying it lasts long. It might be for only a flicker of a second. It might be for a month or two or three. It might be their entire during career. But everybody has felt that way. All I know is I gave up 75 licensed people when I went to North Carolina at a time I couldn't afford it. But I had to start over. You know, you got to replace yourself. And so get over yourself. You know, your replacement. The bigger your replacement, the more you understand it, the more committed you'll be to get good replacements. The worst thing that can happen to you 
is not give a replacement because then the rest of your life you're going to be weak on replacements, and that means you're going to be weak in your base shop. And if you ever get it going and you ever burp out an RVP, that's it. You're going to take almost no replacement. Even if you didn't give a replacement, folks, that's no excuse for you to not take replacement. You take replacements to replenish your base, but also it's a growth thing for the person going out. If that's too tough for them, they're not ready to go. The fact that people feel resentment about giving a replacement shows they're not ready to go because they're too tied, their whole future tied to that one or two or three people you took, and they feel like, oh, Lord, you know, there's no way. They're so important to me. Get over yourself. You're going to be go- if you're going to be successful, you're, gonna be- you're either going to be doing it all yourself or you're going to be recruiting tons of people. The world's full of people. Can I remind you we're only doing 1% of the market? And so the other every is that every RVP who made a promotion, a lot of promotions, has made a mistake. And exceptions, you know, mistakes and exceptions, that's one way you find out. So big darn deal. Hopefully you're going to make a lot of it. Art Williams is the top of the list on that. When I made my first replacement, I called Art, and the guy wanted to move away, and he didn't, ha- he didn't really have anybody yet, and he wanted to offer me, you know, his, his group that were behind. There wasn't even a manager in there yet. And Art said, okay, you let Richard go, but you tell him if these guys all go belly up, uh, you're going to have to come back later and get a replacement from him over in Virginia Beach. That's what Art Williams told me. Within six months, he got on and damned everybody to hell and said he'd fire your ass if you went back and tried to get another replacement later after you identified it. And I said, wait a minute, Art. You're the one who told me to do that, you know. So anyway, (laughs) we figured these things out along the way, you know. And uh, uh, Art's also the guy, Art. I mean, he's the godfather of it all, but, I mean, he's a human being. He's also the one that said, I'll fire your ass if you run your organization with fear and intimidation. And we were like, that sounds an awful lot like fear and intimidation, Art, you know. (laughs) 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 So realize when you deal with Art, you're you're dealing with a very special once-in-money generation type human being, but he's still a human being. And he got where he is not because he's some genius who God just gave this massive vision all He figured the crap out. Okay? And so, yeah. so we all agree also we're stupid to a whole, you know, his thing about holding people back. Well, you're stupid to hold people back. They resent it. They never forgive you. You make them emotional cripples. You know, when they're inspired to go, it's like you cut them off of the knees. And then the whole idea is that you want to build uh independent, strong, gung-ho leaders. And you don't do that by holding people back. Let me say something, Mario, about the compensation. The deeper you go, second, third, fourth, fifth generation, don't look at that for growing your income. You look for growing your income from your first and your seconds and a little bit from your thirds. That will grow your income. But no matter how they try and manipulate the commissions, they can't give us big money for the fourth, fifth, sixth, and they don't give us nothing after six. So you got to look at that as security, Mario. But you still can't, you know, it's like, I'm not going to promote anybody because I don't make anything on seconds, thirds, fourths. I'm just going to kind of keep them in as long as I can. Well, then you're making them weak, you know, and then they resent you. And then it's counterproductive, let's just say. You got to promote them when they need to go and figure the compensation system will eventually be right. But you've got to look at profitability comes from width at the top and security. Like right now, I've got 4.7 in assets under management. 4.7, is it billion, Taylor? Yeah, billion. And I don't yeah. think I even, I don't even think, I, is it billion, Taylor? Yeah. Yeah, billion. 4.7 billion, me, Mario. And I don't think there's one Wow. Security sale in, I don't think there's one security sale in there that I actually filled out the paperwork. <laughs> so, you know, that's the value of a team. But, uh, you know, I don't make any money off, you know, a lot of that stuff. But you know what it is? Security. People quit. And it rolls up. 
People quit, rolls up. May not get much off of it, but it's pretty secure. And so once you get money coming in, you want that money to keep coming in. Uh, you want my guidelines. I'll give you a couple of things about my guidelines for promotion, and maybe we can uh, pick that up later. Does that sound good? That sounds great. You know, I want to get some stuff on the table. People get tired of talking to me if I uh, listen to me if I talk too much. But I want to talk, start talking about million dollar earners. I want to talk about building armies. I want to talk about going beyond uh, big hitters. And uh, no, Larry, this is powerful because you're you're. This is this is why I plugged into the big hitters call because um, you know I always heard you talking about big vision, putting it out there, and uh, your enthusiasm. Even, like that's huge. Even when you're talking about. You know, like, hey, if your meeting sucks because you're not excited about that. And, guys, this is fundamentals that work all the time, that worked 40 years ago and are true today. If your team's not excited about it, it's because the leader's not excited about it. And um, there's so many great nuggets that you drop, Larry. Honestly, we're so uh, grateful for you. And thank you for pouring your passion, your heart, your enthusiasm. You can hear it on this call and your knowledge. And, and Larry, one, one of the things um, – just to be clear, because you hear all these different things and, and how people build it and stuff, and, you know, you have your guidelines, and, you know, you were actually there. You were, you were there when this thing was erupting. You were, the, you were leading um, the A.O. Williams uh, team. What was Art Williams' guidelines? What was it back then? You remember? Well, you know, they changed. We probably won't have time to get into it, but, you know, they would change. The printed guidelines – in 1978, when I came, see, Art never ran a bay shop like we run a bay shop because when he ran a bay shop, it was all RVP over a bunch of salespeople. And then they had a district promotion in there, but they only doled out, like he said, like two a year or something, you know, so there weren't many districts. So, like, I wasn't, I wouldn't inspire aspire to be a district leader because I would, all I could do is be a salesman and then Bob Turley overrode me. And so he wasn't really interested in recruiting because frankly, I didn't do a whole lot and he didn't make much of me. So he wasn't really fired up to get a whole bunch of knuckleheads like me in there, you know, because, you know, you get a big, big shop when you have layers of management, but you know, the print, printed, printed guidelines I took to North Carolina was to get, to be a district, you had to come full-time because there was no part-time management. That came up year, year and a half later, a year later. And then, Mario, you had to have – these are printed guidelines. You had to do 50 solo sales after you were field trained, and you had to fit $50,000 in cash in the bank. That was the printed guidelines to go to district. And so, you know, what if we did that for – RVPs now, even the ones who don't build replacements. You know, be, you know. So I asked Art once. I said, "Hey, Art, how about this whole thing on fifty thousand the bank and fifty solo sales?" I said, "It's going to be tough here up in North Carolina for me to get some districts." How am I? What about that? He goes, "Well, Larry, sometimes you have to make exceptions." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, things change, but Art never produced. You know, in the beginning, the first RVP promoted, you know, we had seven original RVPs because they had the offices. We went independent. The first RV promotion was Bill Arinder. You know how Bill Arinder was announced as an RVP or how he was promoted, the fanfare that we do over RVP promotions, and the wife on oh. stage, the, the husband, the spouse on stage, in tears, and you're the flowing speech and someone on stage, the crowd stands and, 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 you know, you present them with a plaque and you make a huge, you know how Bill Arena was promoted RVP? Art walked out of his office. He, he walked out of his office one day, put uh, a paper, stuck it on the bulletin board and said, Art, Bill Arena promoted to RVP and walked back in his office. You know, so hey, we got better, you know, we, we got better at all this stuff, you know? And, uh, we grew. We learned from each other, you know. And uh, so I think that's probably enough information for today. But I would like to get into it, but I want to have time to talk about it, you know. The RVP guidelines and challenges and everything. And I can tell you what – see, what Art did for me, I'll tell you this. You know, Miss, Mr. Art 
I'm not talking behind his back because I must probably see him a little later today. And we've had a thousand conversations at lunch over the golf club over this thing. But I swear he's like Groundhog Day. The Nick, you know, I'll win it. He'll say, you're right. I don't know what I was talking about. You know, people are not holding him back. Hundred thousand day shops are good. He said, you know, I need to, you know, I need to leave that alone. But then the next day he'll be right back to it again. So I don't know. It's just one of those things he's got a glitch about. But uh, here's the way I always win the argument. I said, all I know, Art, you were pretty blankety-blank excited when I went to uh, uh, RVP in ninth month after promoted with 142 or 147,000 in premium back when the average app premium was $300, Mario, and I did 580. 580 sales to get 140, and that was not that was off a lousy 180 recruits or 190 recruits. And I said, all I know is you're pretty excited about that art. And he goes, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I was. I said, you didn't say anything about me holding anybody back, you know. And by the way, I'd already promoted an RVP. I promoted an RVP my second That's month, nice. and guess where he was on that same month in April, nine months after I went to RVP, Mario. His name was Joe Covington. Guess where he was in the standings. He was in seventh place with 80,000. Wow. Okay? And so nobody accused me of having too high standards because, you know, when you're grow, Mario, when you're growing, people don't gripe. You know, it's just like you. People understand. When you're growing, they know it's going to work out for them. The people that have all the pushback – on everything they do, basically, but especially about guidelines for promotion, standards of excellence, strong replacements. You know the RVPs who get grief on that? The ones who are not growing. So that's where my sympathy is limited. It's like, get your darn base shop growing and, and watch how that, watch how everybody shuts up about that. But I would like to get into the RVP by guidelines, basically guidelines and challenges I gave people for their RVP promotion. And uh, because I want people to be clear. I want to be confident. You've got to be clear and confident. And it's like explaining things to kids, and they're going to question you. But you've got to be bold. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to be strong. And, uh, Mario, do you ever get challenged on stuff? Absolutely. Uh, um, all the time. But it, you, you know what? You're absolutely right. It's always with uh, the ones that are struggling. It's never the ones that are growing. And they're extremely co- – never. It's like, hey, you know best, Coach. Let's run the play. I'm like, wow, these guys, no wonder they're bi- the winning. No wonder they're big. It's that mentality. Clarity equals power, you know, and we learned that. I've done a lot of mistakes in the beginning that made people question me, so I got better at being clear. So thank you uh, for sharing that. And, Larry, I don't know if you want to hit on this today or maybe next week, but you have a gift on keeping your team focused on recruiting, on doing it big, on fast growth. You know, we would love to hear from that. You either to finish the call or next week, it's all good. It's all welcome. But how would you do that? Well, I spent about 20 minutes ranting and raving. I got asked that question on Friday with Gurpreet Singh's group, and they'll probably tell you I was pretty darn rough on them. You know, but uh, – you know the thing is, if you got a huge goal, it's like you—it's ha- clear to everybody we got to get—we got to grow the team. We're going to do that. So one thing, it's not a big enough goal. It's not immediate, and you're not holding people accountable for their. It's like you want to get more income or not. Thing is that, how how do you expect to grow your income if you're not going to grow your team? And how are you going to grow your team if you don't have new recruits coming in that you're training and see who's going to stick? And then how's, how is that new growth going to last if you don't produce managers out of it? And so way, growth to your income, growth to your, growth to your base income, Mario. got to think of your income as a window. It's like how high can it go in a month and how low can it go? See, what you want to do is grow the window of your income. you got to start getting money motivated and thinking about what you do because you're in business and you run business to make money. People like, well, we do recruit, and like that, huh, I lose my focus. What do you, you're in business for yourself. You're in charge of your paycheck. There's only one way for you to grow that thing, and that is 
First, start with recruiting. There's three ways to growing your income, uh, and that is the first wave is get the recruits in. You follow behind that by training them, internal consumption, get them locked in. The first step of locking them in is get their own program because now they're really excited, and now they really got something to talk about with credibility to their friends and family, and now they're like true believers. And then the people that hold off from that, they never amount to any. They're timid. You know, they hold back from everything. But the people who buy in on the product, not forced to buy, don't buy what you don't need. You always have to say that. But the people who need it, see it, buy it, I mean, they're not holding back. They're running away. And that's, you want to find out about them early on, why you're going to waste time and somebody is not going to wholesale commit to this thing. But then you go in and, you know, so you get recruits, you get them trained, so you get some money coming in. And uh, that's why there's no excuse for your income to go down when you're recruiting because they're immediately going to turn into income from premium and their own personal consumption. And then you're going to race and get more recruits and the same thing, and then it's going to explode because soon they're going to be in management training people themselves. So you race them to management so they're going to have places to go and they can make three income streams. So you race them to district right after they get their own program. So I guess there's no race. If I had to guess, Mario, people lose focus because they ain't racing to grow their income. I want to go to a million dollar fast. You know? I want you know what I want to chase? My potential. I wanted people to chase mm. their potential. I wanted to get it as big. You know, it goes back to how I started the full day. I want to get big and I want to get big fast. How big is big? Let's find out. How fast is fast? Let's find out. Depends on how good you are, how bad you want it. You say you want it? Let's find out if you're good enough. Let's get big. Let's get fast. Maybe we rewrite the record book. I don't want to be guilty of selling myself short. I don't want to be guilty of selling you short. Let's get after it. So those type things. Mario, so this is helpful? Very helpful. What an impactful call. Man, I, I know you talk to a lot of people's hearts and their minds on just you just gave a lot of us clarity so thank you so much larry for pouring into us we're very very grateful and uh we look forward to hearing more from you larry it's always awesome that you get to interview the big hitters but man you're one of the biggest hitters this company's ever seen and it's crazy not to turn it around and hear from you and your mindset and you're a modern day napoleon hill think about that uh larry that's what you've done and not only have you studied uh the people that are doing great things but you actually did it. <laughs> and 99.9% .9 of the time when you interview someone, you actually did it much bigger. You're so humble, and you put the spotlight on other people, and you, that's what makes you an amazing leader, Larry, that you're a servant leader, and, and, and you push all of us up, including myself. So I'm very grateful for your friendship. I call you Uncle Larry because I really see you as, as my family member, Larry. You're the type of person, how much you impacted me, that if you needed me at 2, 3 in the morning, I know you're in Palm Beach, man, I would get on a flight and fly over there to help you because that's what you mean to me. So thank you so much, Larry. Thanks, Mario. We're going to ask Mario Munoz to allow us to bump him back so we can keep this going next week because the incredible Mario Munoz news deserves his place in the spotlight, and we're going to get him in there ASAP. But in reality, Napoleon Hill never directly worked with people teaching his principles for 40 years, producing million-dollar earners. So at the end of the day, Napoleon Hill, as good as he was, Dale Carnegie, who did they produce directly, you know? And so the thing is you learn things by producing directly. You guys out there in the field know more than the Napoleon Hills and the Dale Carnegie's. That's what I'm trying, I'm trying to stir your butts up so you can see who you are, how good you are. That's why I want people listening to you. That's why I wrote my book, so we could have a 1,000 books out there, because people need to be listening to what you guys got, because China's racing to take over the United States. I should, you know, there's a video out there about their growth of their great uh, gross national product. It's frightening how fast they're growing. What you guys already know. We need to get you guys a bigger platform. And so that's why, that's what I'm doing, what I'm doing, you know. I'm bringing the, the Warpath message out to bring out the best in me and also 
to see who wants to go absolutely ape in this thing. And by the way, 329 Worth Avenue, grand opening. We're going to have the unveiling only one time only. Then they'll all be on view permanently. But come see us. It's fun. Get your vision expanded. All right. Thank you, Harvey. Everybody have a great week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Million Dollar Mastermind with me, Larry Wydell. For more information like this, listen to our other Million Dollar Mastermind episodes on iTunes. Also, check out my Wydell Academy YouTube channel and visit wydellandwinning.com. I'm the Million Dollar Mastermind, Larry Wydell, and I'm looking forward to our next time together. Go, go, go.